Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Louis. How are you doing today? Hi, Hadi. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Let me just start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Louis Canadel is a founder of Trenta, a fintech dedicated to digitizing and increasing sales of micro-businesses, specifically in Latin America. Trenta has raised to date $60 million, and it registers millions of transactions daily with more than $10 billion in value. And to give you an idea what that is equivalent to is a, around 4% of the Colombian economy, which is a huge. So, Louis, before we dive deeper into the strategies you've d- deployed to acquire your huge customer base, take us back to the founding aha moment. To the founding aha moment. Well, both me and my co-founder are not originally from Colombia or Latam. We are both from Spain, so... It was a foreign experience to us coming to Colombia and to Latam before founding Trenta, working in our respective companies. We spent time in the region as consultants. I used to work at McKinsey. My co-founder worked in telecommunications consulting. It was really astonishing for us seeing how many small merchants there are. There are around 50 million micro-businesses in Latam and Literally, if you go to any street in any city, in any country, most of the establishments that you would see would fall under the definition of small merchants, which is basically managed by one person with less than five employees. We saw the opportunity because it was really striking the fact that 90 or 90 plus percent of these businesses weren't digitized at all, coming from Europe We knew that this wasn't sustainable in the long run, and it was more a matter of timing that we had the intuition that it it was the right time to innovate in this space. And we started the company shortly after the pandemic started, being aware that consumer use of technology was increasing dramatically in the region. Latin America is the region in the world with highest consumption of YouTube, social media, etc. per capita. Uh, the penetration of smartphones grew massively in a very short period of time. There was this in, in the one hand, and then we had COVID that we knew also that would have a massive impact because it was very, very soon apparent that it was a accelerator of digitization. Uh, lots of merchants had to shut down, so they were under a lot of financial pressure. And we just thought that it was a good time and people would be more open than ever before in trying out new things for their business. And that's how the idea came to be. That's a great story. I can see the value proposition for micro businesses. Trenta is free and easy to use. It functions both online and offline. So, you know, the barriers of adoption is low. However, walk me through your early thought process on how did you identify that this is a pain point for these micro-businesses? There were two elements. Number one, we were partially inspired by what was going on in other parts of the world. There are similar startups, mostly in Asia, in Southeast Asia, India, 
Pakistan that were trying to solve a similar problem with a product that was comparable. And there was another component, which is pretty obvious. It's not a big secret that it's not the most efficient thing to do most of the things with pen and paper. And we would see it ourselves. And it would be a bit perplexing to go to a store and seeing the owner of the store behind the counter with WhatsApp, watching a YouTube video or whatever. You get there, you grab a few products and they put down their phone, they take out their notebook. They sometimes pull out another notebook where they have the prices of each item. They take out the calculator, they add up the prices. You pay, they take out the calculator to calculate how much they should return back as a change. Then they write the transaction down in the notebook. At the end of the day, they have to add up everything to make sure that nothing, that nothing, and that nothing is missing. It was kind of apparent the fact that there is a problem. The biggest challenge was, are we able to offer something that is good enough so that they overcome the resistance to change and the habits that they have built in many cases throughout many years or decades? This is very interesting. So as you mentioned, there's 50 million of these micro businesses and 90% of them are still using pen and paper. One of the hardest things is to convince a small shop, uh, shop that has been doing what they've been doing for years to go and start using a new technology. So tell us today, how does Trenta work? If I'm a small shop, I'm sitting there, what's your sales process? What's your secret sauce? Do you come in? Do I reach out to you? How do you convince me that this is something that I need to have? Well, I think there, there were two key elements that has helped us get significant traction. Number one is we built the product in a way that minimized resistance to change. We focused a lot on what they were doing in the analog world. So most of them have this notebook, they register transactions as soon as they happen, and that's basically all of the active management they do on their business. So. We made a mobile app that replicated that same thing and still to this day is the front page of the app. A simple dashboard in which they can add and register uh, sales and expense transactions in a very simple way. And the dashboard tells you how much money you've generated in any given period of time. And that's much easier to understand than if you go directly to the small business and uh, tell them about a wallet or an or about an online store or something that for them is not as intuitive and it's more complex. So we focus, number one, on something that was intuitive, easy to understand. Instead of using a notebook, you use your phone to do the, the exact same thing. And since this is something that they use continuously, because it's basically every single transaction that they experience, they have to use the product, they get used to the ecosystem very, very fast. And they start exploring other components. They see that they can also track their inventory. They see that they can also track their debits and credits. They can also have access to statistics reports that give them extra insight. And increasingly, we, we kept on adding new features and functionalities. So that's one component. And then number two, the way we reach clients, we went at that time, two years ago, slightly against the conventional wisdom that you absolutely need to have a physical person and a Salesforce team to acquire a small merchant. Already back then, use of social media was very 
high in LATAM across all demographics. So we paid a lot of attention into paid marketing via social media marketing, search, YouTube, and it worked really well. We did a lot of iterations and it ended up working very well, very affordable. And we also are aware that not everyone will be convinced. So we need to have, we need to put the product in front of a lot of people to get some of them to register and to become active users. And with time also, we made it so that it could become, it had the power to become a very viral product. So we built in certain features that enable that virality. So through Trinta, users can send uh, payment reminders for the debts that the client have, their clients have. They can send digital receipts. They can share a digital business card. They can create an online store that also has our branding. And all of that helps a lot because every time this is shared via WhatsApp, has a call to action to download Trinta. And since almost everyone in LATAM either works in a small business or has a small business or has a family member or a friend that does. It has helped a lot. And today, 80% of our new readers, uh, new registered users are organic. So you had some virality loop embedded in your value proposition and WhatsApp has been very instrumental to you because users practically, when they send a communication, if someone has a shop, they would be interested to see what Trenta is. And since it's free, they might as well use it. Yes, that's right. All right. That's right. Perfect. So in the past year, I think you mentioned somewhere in, on your LinkedIn, you grew your customer base to around 3.3 million merchants. And I believe you also grew your team to 147 person. Before we dive into your customer base, what was the most challenging thing to find the 143 talented people to join your organization? Well, now it's 280 people. So it has continued to grow and we have a 5.3 million users as of today. I think growing our team, this is an answer that every founder would probably, would probably say. Uh, is one of the most important things and one of the most challenging things. For us, it was particularly difficult at the beginning, coming from a different country, not having an established network in Colombia. So I, I would say the first few hires were the toughest ones. We had certain biases that were helpful. Uh, we were more biased into getting people from brand name startups or brand name consulting companies that helps in the beginning when you do not have a network and in the long run or after a while, the fact that the ecosystem in Colombia is relatively small is quite helpful because now that we already have many employees, almost anyone that we interview, almost any candidate that gets to the final stage, we can get a reference from someone that went to university with him or her or that worked with them in, in the prior company. So it has become less of a challenge over the months. It continues to be a challenge with very senior people. Uh, LATAM, I'd say, has great, great talent in the junior and the semi-senior level, both from a business perspective and technical talent. But since uh, startups has been a more or less recent phenomenon in, in the region, we need to be more creative, be more flexible with where they based with the most senior people. Got you. 
You grew very quickly early on. I think in the first six months, you registered somewhere like 35,000 merchants. Take us back to the early days. Uh, were there any other strategies other than the paid strategies you mentioned and the virality loop of WhatsApp? Were there any strategies that you implemented that today don't scale? Could be like having someone go and knock on each merchant's door and present them with the solution. Sure, we did. The first four to six weeks, all of the users that we had, a handful of users, were acquired manually by me and my co-founder. I was, at the time, based in Mexico City because it was still in the early days of the pandemic. Colombia uh, was completely shut down, so I had to go to another country. And we launched in Mexico just because of this and learn from the users, which, by the way, in all of LATAM have very similar needs. In, in micro businesses. And I had to go door by door. At first it was a bit depressing because it wasn't very efficient and people were reluctant to speak because of the pandemic. But the most important thing is that we got user feedback. So that's the thing that we are after. And, and it was very helpful. It helped us prioritize the backlog. It took us, I would say, around four months to reach product market fit or to see cohorts of people staying at least for a few weeks. Initially, the first three months, everyone basically stopped using it after days or hours just because the product wasn't there yet. And one thing that we did was, so we acquired users manually for the first month or so. Then we started to do some very small paid marketing just to have a regular inflow of users, be able to measure how the cohorts evolved be able to get those feedback. We added a WhatsApp button and everyone that works in WhatsApp lives in LATAM knows how WhatsApp basically moves everything in LATAM. That WhatsApp button was in the front face of the app in every screen. So anytime something didn't work or wasn't intuitive, people were able to very, very easily contact us. And it was basically the co-founders who were answering 24 seven. That was super helpful. I think the most important thing that you need to do initially is obviously finding product market fit. And in order to do that, you need to be able to get feedback as much as possible and as frequently as possible. What did you learn from the first batch of signups that if you could go back in time today, you would change or improve? We did get a lot of feedback that we ended up implementing something that we didn't change and we couldn't change, which is a funny story. 30, which means 30 in Spanish, uh, number 30. The reason for the name 30 is that we save 30 minutes a day in bookkeeping-related tasks, uh, tasks for, our, for our users every day. So we thought that that would be the number one benefit of using our product, and it ended up not being the case. So now we don't advertise a lot why we are called the way that we are. Because it is a benefit, it is much more of a secondary benefit. It's more about the control, the amount of insight that they are able to get through the platform. And now that we have expanded to payments, uh, we also allow users to buy through a B2B marketplace. Like the benefits keep increasing and it's not, not about time. It's definitely not the primary benefit. So that's part of the feedback. We still like the name, so we keep the number the name Trenta. Um, 
we learned a lot about the user experience. So we built it similar to other apps in Southeast Asia that have been an inspiration, but the way the culture is in LATAM, some things that are intuitive in Asia are not intuitive in LATAM and vice versa. We prioritized the features that we were going to build first. We allowed users to, for example, uh, add employees uh, very soon. It's something that in Asia, it's not important because only the owner manages the business. We added the inventory very soon because something that people really valued. It shaped a lot our roadmap, which is fine, which is fine. Obviously, I had to start again. I would already knew what I would have to build first, but I think it was a necessary process. That's very interesting how, how you approached it. You're a consultant previously at McKinsey and most of the consultants, they think in, in frameworks or a, a structured format. Is there any framework that you currently use religiously? I do think that we have some of that culture at Trenta. Not only some of our leaders, other than me, are ex-consultants. Also, in our board, 60% uh, of the board is ex-McKinsey. Another 80% of the board is ex-consultant. So to put a, a lot of emphasis in top-down communication, in hypothesis-driven problem-solving, um, stuff like that, we do have a sort of a consulting culture. I believe your interviews are also a little bit tricky in that sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You raised more than 60 million in funding, especially you had some notable angel investors from Jeeves, Clara, MasterCard, Newbank. How do you find these angels and convince them to join early on? Well, it's a great question. The truth is that most of them came, all of those examples came in the Series A. In the seed round, we didn't have as many notable angels. It is something, though, that has become very common in LATAM. It's a very tight ecosystem. People know each other very well. Obviously, like if you compare it to the U.S., San Francisco, or even Miami, everyone knows each other much, much more. And people enjoy helping each other and enjoy investing. It has really come to the point where if you are an early stage startup, you can substitute the first round with an angel round and maybe capture a similar amount of money with higher valued investors. So how we got to them, it was very organic, essentially. It was very organic. Having met them in advance, or we got connected to them through an investor at some point, and they just organically said that they were investing and that we should contact them the next time we were raising money, they would be happy to invest, etc. It comes very natural. As soon as you start making progress, you will eventually meet much of the ecosystem. I don't think in LATAM specifically, I don't think you need to take many action steps in order to be more ingrained in the ecosystem. So that, that takes us to the next question. How did you define your North Star metric? What was your North Star metric? How did you define it? And how was it instrumental in helping you get to that 60 million fundraising? Well, so our North Star metric has changed. So Trinta wasn't monetizing until 2022. So we spent the first year and a half of existence after launch without monetizing. So we had to use a non-financial metric. We used active users just because 
it encapsulates basically, it's not the only thing that's important, but it does encapsulate traction the best way possible. So it encapsulates how well are you able to acquire, retain users, etc. And it's also the metric that other companies comparable to us use when they are not monetizing. There really wasn't many choices. It's maybe more about the definition of active user. What's an active user? Monthly active user, weekly active user, and user that does more than X transactions, users that does one transaction. So playing around with that metric, to be honest with you, the metric that we used internally was a bit different than externally because externally you want to use like a bit, maybe it's a bit more of a vanity metric, but you want to use the most impressive metric. Internally, you want to use the one that correlates more with really what is success in the company. And now that we are monetizing, it's about net revenue, which I think should be the North Star metric with for almost, I guess, almost every company. That's straightforward and simple. What are your biggest insecurities today as a leader? Mm, it's a great question. I think the things that I still need to improve in and that it's part of my focus right now is obviously I'm relatively young founder. I'm 28 years old. And I didn't manage a lot of people before starting Trinitan. And I think I, I have done a pretty good job in the several phases of growth of the company. When we were five people, I had to be almost like an, one of five analysts. When we were 30, I was sort of a manager. When we were 70, I was more of a leader. Now that we are almost 300 people and that we have put senior leaders in the company, head of product, uh, chief technology officer, someone that leads finance and operation, someone that leads business development that already are great at their job. I think I still need to keep improving in how I enable those leaders to become even better because it's easy when you have more junior people because you can teach them the basics and you're in your comfort zone. Now I need to step up to make them step up even more. That's something that I'm still learning and will continue to need to learn for a long time, I think. If you were sitting next to a leading expert in your field, what would you ask them? I would ask them many things. So for starters, we are in many fields now that we have expanded with financial services, also with B2B procurement and other stuff, e-commerce, etc. I would be very interested in listening how he or she thinks the payment and lending ecosystem will play out in the region, especially among small merchants. I think within payments that we are playing now in, in Colombia through a payment link, also a POS terminal, it could go through several different ways. And it's what, one of the most strategic questions that we are considering. Thank you for sharing this. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? I would love it to be about the lasting impact that we have in the region. I think we, we have a very nice mission in, in our company 
that is helping micro businesses thrive. And I often tell my team and to, to inspire them and to inspire myself that there are select few companies that can symbolize an area, a period of, of great evolution. I typically draw the comparison to how Ford mother company over a hundred years ago was like the, the, one of the images of industrialization and the, what made the U.S. become the number one power in the world. So I want Trenta to be the comparable company that led to the LATAM financial or economic miracle of the 21st century. I would love something even remotely close to that. That's definitely impactful. One last question that's not business related. What food dish, if it no longer existed, you will be very sad? Well, given that I am in Colombia, I should say something from Colombia. Something that, because I'm from Spain, I hadn't really eaten before, but it's super common in Colombia. It's called arepas, which people have never tried. It. It's a bit difficult to describe it, but it's sort of comparable to bread, but it's like a flat, round um, piece of corn cooked in a way that you can put a set of different things on top. And it's very commonly eaten in Colombia, and and it's also very addictive. So, so I really enjoy that. Definitely, people should try this. Uh, maybe I'll Google it after our interview. Okay. Louis, thank you for being part of our show. What's next for your startup, and where can people reach you? We are now in a period of, of monetizing much of our user base. Obviously, the market now requires sustainability and a clear path to profitability. We weren't monetizing a year ago today. We are monetizing around 25,000 merchants. This number still needs to increase very significantly and, and increasing those revenue numbers to get to the next milestone. People can find me in LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, I'd say, the, the thing I use the most nowadays. So, so they can, we can connect there. We wish you the best of luck and have a great day, Louis. Thanks, Hadi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. <laughs>